Hi, I'm Michelle Brooks. Welcome to Endo Matters. This is a podcast that helps women with endometriosis get in control of their condition, no longer letting it control them. I'll be asking you, the listener, what help you would like and giving you tips on how you can live a better life with endo. After all, endo does matter. Hello listeners and welcome to this episode of Endo Matters. At time of recording, it's the month of March, which means it's Endometriosis Awareness Month. And this month we have a few little snippets of short little podcasts just to whet our appetite and get a few more um, lovely guests in on our podcast. So today I'm going to be talking to the lovely Katie. Katie, I have known for a good few years now and she's worked with me with her endometriosis Katie suffered with endometriosis most of of her adult life and has now been told she needs a hysterectomy. So I'm not going to tell you any more about her story because she's going to tell you herself. Hello, Katie. How are you? Hi. I'm okay. Thank you. Good. good. (laughs) So we're here to talk about the good old endometriosis that we both Mm -hmm. know and love. Um, What kind of age did you start getting symptoms and, and what were those symptoms for you? I think I started um, with um, more the IBS side of things initially, and that's what it was put down to. Um, so the bloating and the pain I put down to IBS because I didn't even I had no idea what endometriosis was, um, and so that was when I was speaking to doctors about what I was going through. It was very much more along the lines of I think there's something wrong with my bowels rather than. Mm. Um, anything to do with um you know the reproductive system so um for quite a long time that was very much um the case and I think a lot of the doctors at the time were you know it's just tick a box yep IBS off you pop and there's no there's no cure as such for that there's no suggestions other than you know some tablets um and you know and I think I remember at one point uh, a doctor um, telling me off um, uh, for it, saying, you know, well, you shouldn't drink and you shouldn't this and you shouldn't, uh, um, and making me feel very small about it. Um, and then slowly but surely, as I started to do things to combat the IBS, um, I was still struggling and still having problems. Um, when I met my husband, um, I had been struggling with hip pain, I'd been struggling with pelvic pain but again it was put down I was sent for x-rays I was sent for it was all put down to like that must be your joints um none of it was interconnected and then it was only when I was um I was 33 um I was really bad with bloating really bad with pain um and very bad periods and I went in and luckily at this point one of the female doctors at my surgery was really brilliant. And she, um, I think I might have been pushed forward slightly in this sense because because my mum had passed away from cancer, I think they panicked a little bit because obviously there's similar symptoms to ovarian cancer. So I was sent for a laparoscopy. Um, and it all happened, then it happened quite quickly. I got, uh, I went in for the laparoscopy. I uh, woke up. Um, feeling very groggy and awful as you do after anaesthetic with um, a very aggressive doctor over over the top of me 
um, basically saying, showing me pictures of the inside of me, which I wouldn't recognise. Um, I wouldn't know what was good or bad. Um, and basically telling me I was a mess. Oh, nice. And his first thing was, if you want to have babies, you need to hurry up. And it was like, what, what, what? <laughs> and obviously we were, you know, we did want to have children, but the delivery of the information, that was it. And then I was sent on my merry way. No, no follow up. No, you've just got endometriosis. And this is what I found now that I'm much more um, aware and educated in it is that until it becomes a reproductive issue, mm-hmm. you're just left with it. And here's some painkillers. Um, it's just a bad period. Off you pop, kind of thing. Um, and no, yeah, and no real understanding of the level of pain. And 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 maybe that. And I might be thinking too deeply about this, but maybe it's to do with how women are viewed as a whole and how we've been always viewed as slightly hysterical. Or you know, it it goes way, way, way back in in terms of the kind of and I'm sorry to use, but patriarchal kind of concepts of of how we are and therefore we're not listened to properly. We're exaggerating. We're not really um, in that level of pain. And even even other women, you know, feel like that. So I was kind of left to my own devices to then try and work out what I needed to do, which I think you could say that pretty much for anybody yeah no endometriosis specialist was given to me no more information um uh, and that was it um but yeah so it, it it's I found out once I actually had once somebody actually listened I found out quite quickly what was the issue but that was it there was no follow-up there was, no there was care no 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 advice or anything Nothing no. at all. Um, and, and so obviously you end up trying to source information and then you end up at, you know, your door, for example, and <laughs> yeah. um, brilliant that, that, you know, that that is a possibility, but the fact that it's not an automatic through mm-hmm. the NHS or, but even in, you know, in America where they don't have the NHS, they don't have that kind of thing. Women have the same issue. There's yeah. only... It's, it's kind of global like, with what I've read everywhere. Yeah. It's it's not just a UK problem. It's, it's kind of global. It's, it's, yeah, it's a women's problem and it is, yeah. it's the funding. If you look at the funding that goes towards women's health alone, not not women's reproductive or women's, just women's health is so low and research is so yeah. underfunded. Yeah, which brings me around to, you know, when we spoke um, before the whole pandemic and they were, they were talking then about doing the hysterectomy and obviously with yeah. COVID and everything that didn't go ahead. But yeah. I believe now that you've got a date for that and, and what, what's kind of going on for you right now? Well, so originally I was going through one hospital and I was really unhappy with how I was treated and I didn't I didn't trust them. They didn't it didn't feel like they knew enough. So I um I researched again that whole, you know, doing your own research, finding out who what where when. Um, and I researched and I found a surgeon um, and also there's lots of Facebook pe- support pages as well so you can you can ask each other questions and so found out found this guy he already had quite a, a hefty waiting list because he's so sought after yeah um, but my op was booked for the July of 2020 which obviously like everybody that just went out the window um, and of course um, the world turned upside down um, uh, 
one due to covid but two obviously unfortunately um an awful lot of our nhs staff are foreign workers and they've all had to go so even at even at one hospital there's there's 70 surgeons needed just and that's just that's that's just a for everything because they've all gone um so there's it's everything is delaying yeah um and i basically i went back in the april and was told that i was actually given a, a diagnosis of a frozen pelvis um which means that my womb my bladder my bowel um and anything else that <laughs> is all glued together which is why i struggle so much with pain um mm-hmm. because it's stuck and it can't move it's not it's can't move like a normal body should um so basically um i went back in i went back in the april um and they said that it would be about a year to 18 months which i was like okay maybe i can cope with that i went back in january this january um because i kicked kicked up a fuss and and was pushing and pushing and pushing and had I not have done that I wouldn't have seen my surgeon in January um I was talking to this secretary here this one here that and just pulling and basically this is the big thing I mean in terms of anybody who's got this shout shout as loud as you can because no one no nothing comes to you unless you 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 make a fuss about it um and anyway he he was absolutely mortified because of the fact that he said um, you know he knows how serious it is obviously this is something he specializes in he knows he's like I'm used to helping people I'm used to allowing you to have a better life um but you are looking at a minimum of two more years wait wow which I have to say I just burst into tears because you just it's it's crazy it's like what I can't I can't run with my own children you know I can't keep up with them mummy has to lie down on the sofa sometimes some days mummy is grumpy (laughs) (laughs) because she's in so much pain and and you have a shorter fuse and you're you know it affects everything it affects your relationship it's 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 can be all consuming it affects whether you can meet your friends it affects whether you can you know we've cancelled uh, we're supposed to be at the theatre. We've cancelled it because I can't. Even, I can't imagine sitting in a seat. Mm-hmm. All that, all that kind of thing. Anyway, so I, I, I just was very upfront with them. I said, right, I, I, this is so bad. I would be willing to pay. Well, how does that look? And obviously, I was in an NHS appointment, and he was like, I can't give you full information, but contact my secretary. So I left and literally rang his private secretary. <laughs> He'd rang her as well. He was amazing. He was absolutely brilliant. He was very apologetic, as I say. And he said, you know, this isn't something I promote. I would prefer to, to you know, I do a lot less private surgeries than most surgeons. Um, and then they came back with the the costs. And it is, it's crazy. I mean, it, three, three private hospitals, there was a £3,000 difference. Wow. Because he has a set rate and then the hospitals then basically it's like staying in it's it's what hotel do you want? <laughs> yeah. You know, and luckily the one nearest, which is the Alex, is is the cheapest. Wow. When I say cheap, it's gonna cost nine grand. Bloody hell. Yeah. So just and obviously we as as I mentioned to you before we were doing this, I haven't worked for two years. So COVID has it, it 
created a horrific scenario for us financially um but it's just got to be done it's it's like right fine so so will will that be the full hysterectomy then katie it'll be full so it's ovaries cervix the works all gone thank you very much take it away he literally was like would you like to keep anything nope (laughs) (laughs) it's never been of any use get rid (laughs) and you know a couple of years ago I was very much like no 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 I I can live with this I can but it's just like no do you know what from from a from a perspective of lifestyle and and, you know ability Mm -hmm. to do things it's just it's it's no good and obviously that will mean I'll go straight into the menopause yeah which will be a joy (laughs) but I can have HRT because they are going to take away his plan is is basically the hysterectomy and endometriosis removal so he's Mm going to remove all of it brilliant I was told I wouldn't be able to have HRT if they couldn't get it all because I clearly produce a lot of endometriosis. Yeah. I was told I was one of the worst cases they've ever seen. Wowzers. Um So, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's gone further up into kind of my diaphragm and things like that. I, I hope not, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, so as long as he gets it all, then I can go on the HRT. If not, then because estrogen affects... Yeah. <laughs> endometriosis growth it's not a good idea there are alternatives there are things i can do but obviously the ideal would be to have hrt yeah um so mummy doesn't turn into a crazy lunatic or any more so <laughs> well, let's hope that you know fingers crossed everything yeah. goes according to plan and that that can be the reality yeah. for you yeah and it's, it's it's not an easy choice either i mean i've no. got friends who are like oh once you've had your hysterectomy it'd be fine I'm like well there's at least an eight week recovery process and well, yeah it's not just like you wake up the next day and you're okay is it <laughs> yeah, like, gone, you yeah. and that's the thing is it's even even women have such a naive view of it and yeah. such a lack of understanding it's a bit like somebody who suffers with horrendous sciatica or back pain no one can see it so mm. they don't they don't you yeah. know if you were walking around with a cast on or a massive, you know, like the the things we've seen with the, you know, the the paintings that women have done that have endometriosis, or the photography where it really demonstrates and resonates with all the makeup to show yeah. how it actually. If yeah. we were walking around like that, there would be a totally different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, I know. Like, obviously, you're a case that's quite severe, but we did do a little work, um, probably about two years ago, three years ago, was it? that we yeah, together. Yeah. So yes. is there anything that we did that you didn't, I mean, obviously, as like many women with endometriosis, you do your own research anyway, and you probably would have like tried a lot of things before even coming to me, but was there anything that we did together that you didn't know about before that actually helped? Yeah, loads, loads, and, and loads of stuff I still do. Mm. Um, so um, obviously when I came to you, the big thing is uh, people really push exercise. And in my head, that meant I had to be jumping up, jumping up and down and all that kind of thing. And when you explained to me, obviously, first of all, you listened for, for a, a much longer period than, than anybody ever has and got to know me, which it's this is the thing is everybody's different. Everybody's body is slightly different. Um, but you, you got to know and understand how my body was working and what I tried and all that kind of thing. 
Um, but there were certain things that, for example, I didn't really understand the cycle process that you, that your body's so different and reacts to things differently throughout your cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, that exercise should be different throughout your cycle yeah. and that it's okay not to be doing burpees every day. <laughs> Nobody wants to be doing burpees every day. <laughs> yeah, and that there are other ways of gently exercising and being kind to your body yes. because, yes, it's, you know, because people will say, you know, oh, do you exercise? Isn't that supposed to be good for it? Well, when you're in bloody so when you're in agony... <laughs> We don't do when, you're in, when you're in agony, it's very difficult to exercise, but you gave me lots of different ways of doing that and different approaches to it. Um, and opened my eyes up to things like yoga and, and that kind of thing as well, um, which was brilliant because that wasn't something that you were necessarily doing with me, but you yeah. were able to show me kind of lifestyle changes um and obviously I was already not having gluten um and not so much dairy but I think when you gave me the food plan for me that really really helped um and because I I made a little note of what do I do that you um and I think it was also like the stress hormones explaining to me how that works so it's lots of things that I could have you know if I'd have read all the books that you've read I would would have but then you'd already done that for me, if that makes sense. So yeah. that was that that's that, that that's the the beauty of somebody like yourself who has specialised so much and what we need more of, more accessible for people. Um, and it does it does make a difference. And some days nothing makes a difference because at the end of the day you've got something inside of you that's growing that nobody on science doesn't understand yeah. or haven't tried to understand. <laughs> Maybe that's more the you know yeah. funding side of things, um, and so but but if you know that you're doing everything that you can, yeah, that gives you a level of control as well and a level of understanding. Yeah, that's what I always say to women. You know, it's it's not it's never going to cure you, but if you're yeah. in control of it rather than it controlling you, then you feel a lot better about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, one of the biggest things is obviously the the lifestyle that we all have now doesn't suit, you know, the the rushing around, the school Mm. drop-offs, getting in and out. Just getting in out of the car for me causes an issue. Yeah. Um, Because of where my stuff is situated and how moving my leg up and down actually just triggers, you know, just cutting my own toenails. I mean, I've not as yet ever asked anybody else to do that for me. (laughs) (laughs) my husband is very kind and very understanding but there are there are lines <laughs> um, but even just that even just lifting my leg up to do that can trigger yeah. a flare and that doesn't matter what I've eaten or what I've done but I know yeah. that now whereas mm-hmm. and working with you gave me that more of an understanding of what listening to my body if that makes sense absolutely um and and like I said there are days when it is just so bad because I can't I've got two young children I can't not empty yeah. the dishwasher I can't not you know mm. people say oh just rest and it's like well it's not, not I know I, I always say that you know um, I, I have like so much admiration for women that have got this and have children because yeah I get bad days and I just go and lie in bed you know and don't do anything my husband does everything for me 
But if you mm. had kids, that's not a that's not a reality, is it? You can't do that. No, and and to be fair, I have. I mean, James is amazing. I, I, I couldn't ask for more support if I tried. Um, he will like at the weekend. Obviously, he's working, and the thing is, is he is the main breadwinner, so he can't take the day off because I feel rubbish, or yeah. you know. But if it's really, really bad, he'll do the school run. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, but that means shoving the kids in breakfast club, which one costs us money. To you know, it's it's all that yeah, at the weekend. There are some weekends where he does everything, and that mm-hmm. there aren't. Uh, unfortunately, there aren't that many blokes who are that supportive in any scenario, mm-hmm. never mind when their wife struggles with something and also struggles with something that means that they don't get to always have the fun, the fun bit of the marriage either. Yeah, <laughs> so, know. you know. <laughs> I think, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, Katie, is there anything, any advice you would give to any young girls that are just finding themselves with endometriosis right now? What would your advice be if you were, like, and I suppose if you were to go back to the young self, your young self, what would you say? First of all, it's not your fault. Mm. I've had to have quite a bit of counselling to do with my fertility issues and yeah. probably stems very much from being woken up and being told I was a mess. Yeah. And that crucified my confidence for a long time. So this is not your fault. This is not something you have done. It's it's mm-hmm. it's something that's happening. We don't know exactly why. And that's the responsibility of funding and those very important people who make those decisions. Um, and to do your research, listen to your body, come to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and, and uh, just persist. If you think there's something wrong, yeah. persist. The amount of women on the, and, and, and it can be very young girls, on the Facebook pages who have felt like they're going mad. Yeah. I once had a gynecologist ask my husband how much pain I was in. <laughs> he asked my husband how much pain I was in. Ha, ha, at what? But it's it, there is an education process that needs to happen. But if yeah. for a young girl coming into this or a young woman or, or even an older woman who's only just discovered what it is, that kindness to yourself is so important and not thinking that you are, there's something wrong with you. Um, there's something going on in your body that needs sorting yeah. out. Um, and understand the language that people use because things like, oh, well, what have you done that's caused that? Yeah. Nobody ever says that to people with cancer, and it's the same sort of concept. It's a cell that produces in your body. Nobody ever goes, "Oh, well, what did you do that made you have cancer? You know, what did yeah. you do that made you have endometriosis? Uh, ha- have you tried peppermint tea?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had that one as well. It's like, where there's some sunshine in a minute. <laughs> Have you tried eating organic or clean? Or of course I have. Of course I've done all of that, and it does help. And it, and all of those things together are brilliant, and they help massively. But for somebody who's coming into this and with, and I suppose not naive, a lack of knowledge, it is make yourself knowledgeable about you mm-hmm. and shout not yeah. very nicely, very politely befriend recept doctor's receptionist befriend <laughs> you know befriend your gp yeah. um show them get, do a diary show them what what you're going through yeah. um and don't don't underplay what's yeah. wrong 
exactly yeah, i think we're good at that as well aren't we again as women that oh well yeah. i don't want to make a fuss and um mm-hmm. is it really that bad actually yes it is that bad so yeah don't underplay that it's um it's very yeah. important to give them the full picture yeah be open about it i mean i never told anybody in the office when i was in agony yeah. and i remember sitting there and this is because prior to having my own business i i worked in media and it's quite a male dominated environment and I remember sitting in meetings holding the table mm. and moving my leg in a particular and literally holding the table and, and and nobody realizing I'm in agony and I'm managing to talk to you about forecasts and figures and da 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 actually that doesn't make me weak that makes me bloody strong absolutely <laughs> and that's it and I think, you don't realize that no I think again women need to know that as well though you feel like you're at a weakness because you've got this condition, but actually it makes you a hell of a lot stronger. Yeah, because you've got to get on with it because it's not, one, it's not classed as properly as a disability. It's very, very mm. hard to get any kind of foot help if it is that severe. Mm. Two, people just kind of go, oh, she's just on a period. Yeah. Like, no, and also it's not just when I've got my period. It's all the time. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> mm. And it's everything from brain fog to, to pain um and yet you still function you still pay your bills you yeah. still do all that and and you and and that quite frankly anybody who can do that with any condition is a strong person absolutely so. well, Katie, it's been so amazing talking to you thank you so much for coming on oh, thank you. want to wish you every bit of luck with the next step um, I'll keep you posted and then I'll need do. to get booked in with you for some exercise when I'm ready. <laughs> well, very welcome anytime. But yeah, just uh, hopefully that this is going to be the last step and that you get some relief from this because I, I know how bad it is for you. Fingers crossed because it's yeah. it's a scary, scary process. It's not an easy choice, but yeah. No, <laughs> well, again, thank you so much. It's been lovely having you. you on the show. And listeners, thank you for tuning in. And I'll see you again on another episode of Endo Matters. Thanks for listening to Endo Matters. I've been Michelle Brooks from Desired Physique. If you have a question you'd like me to answer, please drop me a message on Facebook or Instagram or email me at info at desiredphysique.co.uk. If you like what you've heard and have found the information useful, please subscribe to the podcast on the platform you are listening to. Also, if you have enjoyed the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcast. Endo Matters is recorded and produced by Strength in Media.